0: this is the escape from society podcast hello this episode's going to be about the song called so you want to be a slug and it's sort of my musically it's sort of my pay on to um, Sun Ra and philip glass features very repetitive uh little riff that just kind of goes on and on and then stuff gets stacked on top of it and it's kind of silly and i like it um the lyrics were provided by Steve Hokensmith, who is an author who lives in the Bay Area. He lives on Alameda, where uh, I actually have some family, too. And I know about his writing because my girlfriend, Emily, used to work at a mystery fiction magazine called Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine. America's longest continually running mystery fiction magazine, I think, was there uh tagline they're still going but she's not there anymore um one of her authors there was steve hokensmith who has won an edgar award or maybe multiple edgar awards for his writing he has short stories that would be published in uh the magazine but also a couple of books to his credit which i have read um one of them is called dawn of the dreadfuls and it's a uh one of the quirk classics which you may have seen there are these books uh where you know Jane Austen's Sense and Sensibility gets sort of mashed up with a sea monster tale uh Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters is that one um and I don't remember what they all are apparently some of them are pretty good and some of them are not that good Steve contributed one called Dawn of the Dreadfuls and uh I was reading it one time. He really saved me, and I emailed him to express that, and that's how we got to first talking. I was reading the book, and I had a church gig, uh, which I have very seldomly. I've never been one to spend uh, more time in churches than I need to. I don't like church services a whole lot when they get all um, preachy. (laughs) I I guess that's what they're supposed to do. It's when they get all god e that i don't really like it so anyways uh someone hired me to play an original composition of hers at the saint mark's church down in the east village and i figured mm, east village saint mark's church uh i know there's a theater there and it's probably you know some whole wheat interfaith um fun time not a lot of God there in that ceremony and I wound up being completely wrong it was God this and God that and I the only thing that saved me from uh sitting through this ceremony that I wasn't enjoying was that I was reading Steve Hogan Smith's book about um zombies in Victorian England uh which I enjoyed greatly uh so Steve and I corresponded. I told him the project I was working on, and he thought it was great, and he sent me some poetry that he dug up uh, from his collegiate years. He said, some of this stuff is bad and some of it's embarrassing, but I don't care if you use it. Go right ahead. And I wrote, so you want to be a slug, and here it is.
1: There are two many advantages to being a slug. There are too main advantages to being a slug.
0: First, slugs are rarely shot, or stabbed, or strangled, or sued. All they have to do is keep away from sidewalks, and life is pretty much one big party. No beer, please.
1: To be in a slug.
0: Secondly, slugs are very slimy and covered with goo.
1: There are two main advantages to being a slug. There are two main advantages to being a slug. There are two main advantages to being a slug. There are two main advantages to being a slug. There are two main advantages to being a slug. There are two main advantages to being a slug. There are two main advantages to being a slug. There are two main advantages to being the a slug. There are two main advantages to being the a There are two main advantages to being a there are too many
0: Enjoyed that. It's a favorite of mine. I'm proud to report that none of the vocals are pitch shifted or auto tuned or anything. As you can tell, I have a very deep voice, which I think extends down to a pedal G in the over the course of that melody, uh, or maybe even lower. It try it tries to be lower. It f- sort of fakes it going down to the very very low pedal E, but unless you're really a musician, you don't care about that statement. So uh, I hope that was an enjoyable psychedelic experience listening to that song on the headphones there. A lot of nice stuff going on in the mix. And I've actually taken this song and made a music video about it because you've got to make a music video when you put out a record. And this is one that I figured I could actually tackle myself, and I've been doing a lot of this stuff for this record myself, making these podcasts, designing my website and stuff, and uh, and I know where I can get some slugs. I'm from the country uh, up in Massachusetts, and I was there at some point last summer, and my dad had gotten a, a new digital camera that shoots HD video and I s- said alright well I'm just gonna shoot a bunch of footage and of me and some slugs and maybe some instruments and uh, see what I can make out of it and thankfully the songs only uh, you know a little over two minutes long so I didn't have to make some epic thing but it was really fun uh, my mom and sister helped me find some slugs around the yard uh, tip for you Uh, you know, wannabe slug wranglers, you can often find them at the bottom of flower pots if you turn a flower pot upside down. Although not... Just lift it up. Don't turn it upside down because then you'll pour all the dirt out. But just lift it up and look on the bottom and there might be some slugs in there. So I had these slugs to work with and I put them on the instruments and I put them on myself. And uh, hopefully by the time this podcast is released you'll be able to see the video online because it's all finished now and I'm just trying to get it out into the world. Um, the slugs were a little bit hard to work with. They were, as, as they would be if you took a random sample of seven people in the world, there would be some of those seven people would be easy to work with and some of them wouldn't want to work with you uh, so I had some difficulty with the slugs. Uh, one of them crawled into the guitar and I couldn't get them out. Um, and one of them crawled into the keyboard and I couldn't get them out. And that was, I was upset about that, but they move so fast. They move faster than you'd think they would. So I'm here with moving the camera around trying to get a particular shot. And, uh, maybe the shot takes 15 seconds or something and then I turn around and the slug has disappeared and he's crawled down and don't do it. Don't do it. And then he drops right down into the guitar. Uh, and I don't know. I worked on filming these things for maybe two days with these slugs. I really appreciate the contribution that they made. And, uh, it's nice. It's nice also to have some video of, uh, a verdant summer day at my, uh, where I grew up out in the forest there. Uh, But to get back to something I mentioned a couple minutes ago, how I'm handling many of the aspects of this release myself, making this podcast, building the website, making a video, booking shows, emailing journalists. You know, I'm doing that stuff all myself sort of to broaden my own skill set and to keep costs down and also to just infuse everything with a little bit of my own personality which hopefully deepens the consumer experience for everybody because if they feel like they know me and they can appreciate my music on that level then maybe that's what's working for them or something I'm not really sure it's also just a product of uh... being either broke or, uh, how should I say neglected? I mean, if nobody cares about you, then you're not going to get a booking agent, no matter what you offer to pay them. You know what I'm saying? So maybe people don't care. Maybe I don't want to hire them. Maybe I'm over controlling. I don't think it's any one of those things, but, uh, it's certainly been a radically different year because I have, uh, Taking it upon myself to create all this stuff and teach myself new skills, which is great, right? Right. It's great. Uh, To bring that discussion around to um, song poems as they existed in the days of Rod Keith and MSR Records, uh, I wonder if Rod Keith ever did stuff for himself or if he was always doing stuff for someone else. Because it is, it is certainly the case in my life where this project and other projects that are sort of my own artistically uh, are the ones that I lose money on. And the projects that are just things that I get hired for that are other people's thing, uh, those are the ones that I typically make money on so i get caught and a lot of musicians get caught in this weird zone as freelancers where okay we have skills that people want to hire us for do other gigs but then every time we do someone else's gig we make the money but we sacrifice our own time that we could be working on our own project and so there's there's no way to dictate to anybody uh, you know, a formula of how much time you should spend on your own stuff and invest money and how much you should try to hustle for other gigs and whatever. Uh, but I do feel caught in between fairly often. Uh, and Rod Keith, you know, he wrote all these song poems and recorded, it and it was a business, and that's how he was making money. And he died young, and uh, didn't leave much of a legacy of his own music there's a release called ecstasy to frenzy on Zodic that has three of his song poems and then this interesting like 30 minute reel of tape that is his own bizarre organ and made-up language music which is pretty cool but it wasn't anything that he released or took ownership of in his lifetime it was Maybe him just screwing around the way I screw around on the uh recording software from time to time. Uh, but I wonder if he ever snuck in any of his own uh, any of his own music to some song poem recordings. I don't know why he would have cause to do that, but the musicians are there on the studio for this song-poem date, and he's got his own completely original song that he wants to record, and maybe he just uh, puts it in front of them, and then it turns up on some song-poem compilation that we know with you know lyrics by unknown because it was never identified because maybe it was just Rod Keith's. I, I guess I highly doubt that's the case, but I like to think that maybe they did that. Uh, the Sun City Girls are uh, have been suspected of doing that. Uh, Richard and Alan Bishop, uh, two thirds of the Sun City Girls, they run a record label called Sublime Frequencies, which releases a lot of uh, you know cassette quality recordings from Southeast Asia which I love, and but who's, who's to know if the Sun City girls aren't just sneaking their own little instrumental track once in a while onto one of these compilations and passing it off, because they're certainly capable of that. I like to think that they are, and that that's totally cool. Uh, and that maybe Rod Keith is also. I'm going to play a song of his that we cover in Escape from Society. It's called Ecstasy to Frenzy. And there is a lyricist credited um, named John M. Kurzawa uh, with the music written by Rod Keith. But who knows? Maybe Rod was... Uh, maybe he was putting one over on us and there is no John M. Kurzawa and he just wrote this song because he was a psychedelic dude. He was, I think his death was caused by his uh involvement in hallucinogenics so maybe he penned this one i love it either way here's rod keith ecstasy to frenzy
2: I'm searching for the
0: Now that's such a detailed recording. It's so creative. The the uh, single note organ line doubled with the voice in the background at the end. There, uh, I don't I don't know why Rod Keith would would take the time to do that if it, if it was just a commercial enterprise and he was just writing these songs for uh, a few bucks. I mean, I think that he was devoted to making the song poems and, and making them his own, but uh, he really, it in some cases, invests a lot of his own creativity in these songs, which is what's so appealing about them. Now, that is on the CD I mentioned, and it's a CD that I got for Christmas a few years ago. Uh, and so there's something really nice about getting music at christmas time because usually the time right after the holidays there's not a lot going on and so you spend a little more time i do anyways listening to the things that i've just acquired and then it's it's almost like food that gets associated with a season i mean it's december right now and i'm drinking a glass of water that has a cinnamon stick in it because it's a, you know, you think of cinnamon spices in the winter, that sort of things. And musical associations with seasons develop for me also, and often when there's a record that I get it at Christmas, whether it's an Art Blakey record, Roots and Herbs, and thinking of specifically I associate with Christmas, or this Rod Keith, or uh, whatever it might be, when this time of year comes around, I... Find myself putting it on uh, more than I would in any other season because I have that association. And we will conclude this episode, which I in which I feel like I've been particularly rambling uh, with another selection from the song poem Christmas record. This is uh, this is one called Christmas Time Philosophy, which I love. It's a very beautiful song. Uh, Norris the Troubadour, Seaboard Coastliners is the credited artist. Christmas time philosophy, and this certainly has, uh, like the song that I just played, it has some aural characteristics of sitting at home around the fire, which is. I think what makes it effective—it's not just sleigh bells. I mean, it's like there's sleigh bells on the slug song you heard earlier, and that that doesn't make it sound Christmassy. Uh, you know, there are there are token like that uh, that Wham song, the Wham Christmas song, which I can't remember the name of right now. Uh, that song sounds to me like it was just a sort of song that they wrote that they liked and they're like, oh well, we need to come we want to come out with a single for Christmas, so let's just throw some sleigh bells on it and add a lyric about Christmas. And it doesn't I like that song, but it doesn't have the same uh it doesn't feel particularly Christmassy. There's something about um production techniques and the way you craft a song that can make it sound very Christmassy. And something about maybe a little bit about the vinyl crackle on this that sounds like a f- crackling fireplace or whatever but something about the reverb and the acoustic guitar and the just like let's all sit around i this song really has it all kind of wrapped up nicely so norris the troubadour seaboard coastliners christmas time philosophy talk to you all later bye <laughs>
3: That's my Christmas time philosophy Full punch bowls and happy living Singing songs and lots of giving That's my Christmas time philosophy Pumpkin pies and turkey roasting snow on hillsides sleighs out coasting that's my Christmas time philosophy children sending letters off to Santa as Christmas time draws near wrapping presents and families gathering for feasting what a magic time of the year keep those Church bells ringing high on their steeples. Everyone, be kind to all people. That's my Christmas time philosophy. Jingle bells and happy living. Singing songs, so much giving. That's my Christmas time philosophy. Children sending letters off to Santa. As Christmas time draws near, wrapping presents and families gathering for feasting, what a magic time of the year. Jingle bells and happy living, singing songs and lots of giving, that's my Christmas time philosophy. My Christmas time philosophy. My Christmas time philosophy. You guys Christmas time, time philosophy. You have got us